Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Realm. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. If the offseason has not picked up already, it's going to pick up even more for the Flyers. The expansion draft is on Wednesday. The NHL entry draft is on Friday and Saturday. And then free agency opens the following Wednesday. And as we know, the Flyers have already kicked off their offseason with a bang by acquiring Ryan Ellis in a trade over the weekend. Uh, and things are only going to heat up for the Flyers this offseason, a pivotal offseason for the organization as it tries to reshape, retool its roster, and get back into the playoffs. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Joe, let's start with the expansion draft. The, The team announced its protected list for Wednesday's expansion draft. We know who is on that list, but for those listening, uh, let's run through it real quick. If you don't have the list handy, the Flyers are protecting at four, Nicholas Albe-Kubel, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom. On defense, they're protecting Ryan Ellis, Ivan Provrov, Travis Sanheim, and at goalie, they're protecting Carter Hart. Joe, I think the big news here was that the Flyers did not protect James Van Riemsdyk. There appeared to be a window of opportunity to do that, or at least a more logical opportunity to do that, given they traded Nolan Patrick, and Patrick was no longer going to take up a protected spot. But they did not protect Van Riemsdyk. His, he is out there to be taken by the Kraken. So is his $7 million cap hit. Uh, I think this was all about cap relief. But did you agree with the decision to protect Nicholas Albe-Kubel over James Van Riemsdyk? Um. I don't know yet. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because, I mean, Nicholas Obey-Kubel did not do uh, a ton late in this last season to, to make, you know, to bulk up his resume as an NHL player. Um, there were bad penalties. There were bad penalties that directly cost the Flyers goals. Uh, and, you know, they were the kind of penalties where, you know, They're 150 feet from your own net. They're, you know, side plays that don't matter. And and you kind of just uh, take out your aggression on somebody. They're lazy plays where you get beat by by a guy and just drag them down. Those kind of things that'll drive coaches crazy. So um, I I don't know. They clearly have big expectations for him, but uh, I don't like those mental lapses as a player. and to me, JDR is one of the players on this team that when he's in the zone, he can carry a team offensively for a few games at a time. And I don't know how many players on this team you can say that about. 
Uh, I think he can say it about Shane Gostasper. I think he can say it about James Van Riemsdyk. You can definitely say it about Sean Couturier. But I don't like that two of the names that you can say that about are both on this unpro- or you know both unprotected in this upcoming expansion draft. Um, I think we all knew Ghost was going to be on that list because I mean they put him on waivers during the season to try to get some cap relief. Um, so I was definitely surprised to see. Obey Bell protected and JVR unprotected. Um, and I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I felt like they should have protected JVR, I think. That's kind of, I mean, I guess the, the logical thinking is to put JVR and Obey Bell together as this guy's unprotected, that guy's protected. Um, but, you know, it, it would give them cap relief, but I don't know that what you're going to get with that cap relief is going to be better than, uh, than JVR. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think it's a risk. Um, it, it, it put a major hit on, it will put a major hit on your goal scoring. If you lose a guy like JVR. Um, so I kind of, I would say I have mixed feelings about the, the, that move and, you know, both moves together. Yeah, I really didn't love it. Uh, I don't really agree with it, but maybe the Flyers have something much bigger in store, much bigger um, planned right now, and maybe they really, really need that cap relief, and they're hoping they can get it. So yeah, and maybe they know something we don't, I guess, right. is is the hope, because right. you'd hate to just lose JVR for, just for the sake of it if it's not part of a bigger plan. Right. If, if the Flyers come out and they make a move down the line, say JVR gets taken or Jacob Voracek gets taken, and then obviously they had that cap relief and they do something with it, um, then I, then maybe I'll change my mind and I'll say, hey, well, you know, the, the Flyers are smarter than me. Chuck Fletcher is smarter than me. And uh, they had something in their minds. They had something cooking. But I just didn't love it because I think James Van Reems like makes them better next season. And their their whole plan is to be better really next season, like I understand it's always about the long game and the future and multiple years, but next season is very important. And I think James Van Reems like makes them better. I think he does some things that uh, guys don't in terms of just pure goal scoring. He's one of the best net front guys in the league. Um, I think he's a very underrated passer. And I think if you lose him for nothing, um, the Flyers suddenly have another hole. Not protecting him when Nolan Patrick was still in the picture, I understood that. They were sort of handcuffed there because Nolan Patrick's the second overall pick in 2017. He's a young guy. You don't like to lose young talent like that for nothing. But once Patrick was traded, I really thought they had a better chance, a more logical chance to protect James Van Riemsdyk. Um, and he's under contract for the next two years of $7 million. I don't think that's awful. Whereas Jacob Voracek's still under contract for three more years at 8.25. So I understand that whole logic of maybe needing that cap relief. It's much bigger. It's over an extra year. So I just didn't love it. I didn't think Nicholas Albe Kubel um, was really worth that in terms of protecting and not wanting to lose him for nothing. Nolan Patrick, I understood it. It made sense. But then I think once he was traded, there was a chance to really protect one of your best players, one of your best offensive guys. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't love the thought of losing James Van Riemsdyk for nothing. I think he's going to be really appealing to the Kraken. But maybe the Flyers have something much bigger, in, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, in their plans. Uh, we'll have to find out and wait and see. But 
And, you know, Jordan, what I thought about, too, is so you have the list of players that are unprotected. Now, when Seattle gets to the Flyers list of players, if they were thinking about taking Jake Voracek, which obviously would provide the most cap relief, and JVR is sitting there, why would you take Voracek? Right. I, I, unless they just really like Jacob Borchek and maybe they'll like the three years of security. Maybe they know, hey, if we get him, we get him for an extra year. Um, some teams do like that, uh, that long-term security, uh, that, team, that team control over a player. But I'm with you. Like, I, I, I think Borchek and Van Reems, I'd probably share the same appeal. You could probably argue maybe Van Reems is even more appealing. Uh, his contract's obviously more team-friendly in terms of the money. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure. Like, I really wonder what the Kraken are thinking is they're seeing those two big names with those two big cap hits. Uh, but I think the overall um, objective of the Flyers and their protected list was cap relief, and they weren't changing their minds. Even with the trade to get Ryan Ellis, they, they really wanted to put some of their bigger name players with big caps out there and kind of dare the Seattle Kraken to take those guys. Um, if they don't, I think the Flyers are going to be happy. I, I, I think they're going to say, hey, we still have a Jacob Borchek on our roster. We still have a JVR on our roster. Or, nice, we still have a Shane Gossespierre on our roster. Those are assets. Those guys are valuable. But I think they're willing to, to, to eat losing one of those players for something that's a hot commodity right now in the NHL world, and that is cap relief. Um, it's crazy what $7 million can probably do for you in cap relief. It really is. Um, so it tells you maybe the Flyers really have something much bigger in store because – uh, they are willing to lose one of those players because they, they really need the cap space. Shane Gossespierre, of course, is making $4.5 over the next two years uh, until he can become an unrestricted free agent. So some names are out there with cap hits uh, that are larger, and we'll have to see if the Flyers lose one of those guys or maybe they lose more of a marginal piece. Um, Joe, what did you think of the defensemen that were left unprotected? Um, I feel like that was pretty cut and dry. Once they got Ellis, I think there was a no-brainer who we knew uh, was going to be protected and who we knew was going to be exposed. Yeah, and I, and I think even maybe even before the Ellis trade, we yeah. knew it was going to be Ghost and Braun and these guys, you know, that that was almost a foregone conclusion. So yeah. that would that came as expected. As I've said on this podcast plenty of times before, I, I'm a Ghost fan. I like Ghost. I just mentioned it previously in talking about JVR. I feel like Ghost is one of the guys on this team that can carry the offense when he's on his game. Um, we all know what Ghost brings to the table offensively. He's a dynamic player and a quarterback of the power play. Um, I think it would hurt to lose him. And quite frankly, if I'm Seattle and I'm looking at the Flyers list, I think Ghost is the most appealing name on the list. I know it's a sizable cap hit, but if you're going to be a successful franchise in this league, and, and if you're looking at year one using Vegas as the model, they reached the Stanley Cup final in their first year of existence. So they set the bar about as high as it can go. And if you're looking to have a similar success as they did in their first season, you need to have a good power play. Uh, teams are not successful when their power play doesn't score in this league. And I think one way to do that is to get your quarterback on the power play. And that would be Shane Gossett's fair. So I, I think he's the most appealing name on the list uh, in terms of the Flyers, unprotected guys. And, um, you know, I, I would not like to see him go. But, you know, time will tell whether or not that actually comes 
to fruition, but it's been a foregone conclusion he was going to be on that list to me since they put him on waivers in the middle of the season um, for some cap relief. So, I, you know, it doesn't, nothing surprises me, and I won't be surprised if he gets selected. Um, you know, and, and you had mentioned, I think, before when we talked about this, Justin Braun is a, that's a leadership guy a veteran leadership guy. I feel like Ryan Ellis can replace what Justin Braun brings to the table if they were to lose Braun. So that's how I feel about the, the defenseman. Um, but uh, again, I look at, I guess if you're looking for a lower cap number, Braun's the guy, but Ghost, I think is, I think he's the most appealing name left unprotected by the Flyers. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, Joe, let's get into that, who we think the Kraken will take. Um, I'm with you. I think Shane Gossespierre has a ton of appeal for numerous reasons. Some of them you just mentioned. Uh, he's a puck mover. He's a guy that plays with pace. He can be your number one power play quarterback. Um, Dave Haxel's system is a lot of it's about pace. He likes to play with pace. And Gossespierre is a guy that's going to push the envelope, get the puck up ice, uh, and make things happen. And I think Dave Hackstall, when he's sitting there with Ron Francis and they're they're going over things, when you know when Ron Francis when Ron Francis, the general manager of Seattle, picks his brain on Shane Gossespierre, I think Dave Hackstall is going to have some good things to say. I mean, the guy had a breakout rookie year under Dave Hackstall. He was the Calder Trophy runner-up. 17 goals and then he had his 65 point career season under Dave Haxall as well I think Dave Haxall is going to think and like a lot about uh Shane Gossespair so that that is 100% a guy that I think is going to be out there for picking uh for Seattle uh Joe I also think James Van Reams like just going to be super appealing if I had to pick if the Flyers don't do any type of side deal during this time at Seattle if they don't try to sweeten things up with Jacob Voracek um, and, and Chuck Fletcher did say that, uh, that they're probably going to submit their list. And during this time right now, from now until Wednesday's expansion draft, he said he was going to probably put it maybe more in Seattle's hands. If Seattle wants to reach out and talk about doing something that helps them and the Flyers, he'd be willing. Maybe Chuck Fletcher is not t- telling the whole truth there. Maybe Fletcher will be more aggressive in reaching out to Seattle and trying to sweeten things up to get Jacob Voracek. Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. But if it's just a straight, just take one player and that's it. Um, I, I my gut tells me James Van Reems like just for all that he does, uh, his age. I think his his uh, his contract is only two more years. It's doable, and I, I think he would be a really good ambassador in Seattle. A really good presence. He's a Flyers NHLPA rep. Um, he's a pro in all facets. I think he would be a very good guy to kind of have uh, a team look up to um, and really help to get the ground. I'll uh, get the ball rolling on an expansion team. So my gut tells me JVR. I think Shane Gosser's bears right below him. I think he'll be appealing as well. Who do you think the Kraken take, Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Gosser's bear. Um, okay. Because when you look around the league and you look at, um, obviously we know what Shane, Shane's not the greatest on the, on the defensive end of the ice in the league. He wouldn't argue that. Um, and we know that Ghost's game relies so much on confidence. And I feel like if he goes to an expansion team, his confidence is going to be high because of the faith that franchise is now putting in him. And I think when Dave Haxtell looks at it, he's going to see, he's going to remember, and he's going to talk to Ron Francis about that, that year when, when Ghost came up with the Flyers and totally 
revitalized the entire team. I mean, that team was – I mean, they were DOA when he came up that year. They, they were not the – They don't get in the playoffs. No, they no shot. The they have no shot to get to the playoffs. And then he comes up and he completely changes the face of what they were doing on the offensive side of the ice. And, you know, he can play with his skates at 10-2. and two. He can move across the blue line. He doesn't play one side of the ice on the power play. He does all the things you want out of a defenseman on the power play. And when you look around the league, I don't know how many guys you can say that about. Of course, you can say it about Victor Hedman, and you could say it about Tory Krug. These guys are your prototypical power play quarterback guys. And I think Shane Gossesbury is just below them when it comes to playing on the power play. Of course, those players I mentioned, they're the best of the best. They have the full game going. And I'm not saying Shane Gossesbury has that. I'm saying when it comes to the power play, Shane Gostas bears just below those guys when it comes to quarterback backing that power play and creating offense on the man advantage. And it's one of the keys to success for any franchise and any team in this league needs to have a good power play to be successful. And when, when, when ghost is going well, um, he's one of the more dynamic power play players in this league. And I just think that Dave Haxtell knowing what he looks like at his best, uh, that'll be very appealing to him, having seen it um, for a number of times. To- a number of times, of course, Haxall also saw Ghost at his where he was struggling. So there is another side to that. But I just think when you see what Ghost was bringing to the table at times during this past season, I really felt like the Flyers were clicking on offense and on the power play at their best this past season when ghost was going, you know, when ghost was good ghost, we'll say confident ghost, the guy who is in the middle of everything when he's out there. I mean, he even skates differently when he's playing as a confidence player, a a confident player. And I I think that's what, in the end, what will sell Ron Francis and Dave Haxtell on, on Shane Gosses bear as their pick from the flyers. Yeah, and, he, and Shane Gossespierre has also said he's healthy. He's, he's felt the best he has health-wise in a long, long time. His knees are fine. Uh, so that's another thing, uh, another element to add to uh, his intrigue. And yeah, also- and, he's, and he had been struggling with knees and hips. I mean, if anything are going to go with hockey players, the last thing you want to hear about are knees and hips. And if he's over the hurdle of those injuries, I, I think that's a huge deal. Yeah. And he had probably his best offensive season since his career year in 2017-18 when he had 65 points. Like, he looked at his best since that season. Um, and a lot of that has to do he was healthy and confident. Like, his game is built on mobility and elusiveness. And if he's having knee and hip issues, um, that, that takes away his – basically his game. So he looks healthy. And then I also wonder, too, um, I don't think it's all about, like, getting exciting players and trying to – win over fans but if, if an expansion team is trying to excite the fan base in year one they can really sell Shane Gossespierre as a, as a fun guy to come and watch play Joe you, we've watched him for a long time he is exciting he's an exciting player to watch when you see him do things that he does on the blue line the way he gets the puck up ice his deeks and kind of shimmies that he does like that's exciting hockey to watch and I think they could really sell that and I think fans could buy in if they if they see Shane Gossespierre in the first couple of games of a season and they might they might leave saying, man, that, that guy's pretty fun to watch. I want to keep watching the Kraken. So I wonder if that's going to be in the back of Seattle's mind as well. 
Yeah, and you have to think too. You have to think too. Remember the the ghost bear emojis and the shirts that people made here. Yeah. I mean, there is a marketing element to this. And as you said, he's he he brings an exciting brand of hockey when he's playing well. Yeah. And that you know that's huge for a first year franchise that's trying to to get the buy in of a fan base. Um, I mean, I, I think the fan base in Seattle is going to be fired up as. As we, I mean, they are. We, when you watch the Seattle Seahawks play football at home, yeah. there's no more rabid fan base probably in sports than. I mean, they put the 12s flag on top of the uh, Space Needle out there, and you know they've measured the highest decibels in, in the history of sports in terms of the noise. And if you could bring some of that element to a hockey arena, I mean, I think you're going to have you're already going to have a fan base that's ready to get behind this team as it is. And if you can sprinkle in little marketing opportunities and guys they can get excited about, I really think it's going to be a good um, fan experience out there. And, you know, I think Ghost fits right into that. Yeah. And let's not act like Jacob Voracek won't be appealing as well. Um, obviously the contract and the cap hit are pretty hefty, but – um, over the last 10 seasons, Jacob Borchek is eighth in the league in assists. That's more than Evgeny Malkin. Um, that's, that's a pretty big number. He's a, he's a name that maybe flies under the radar in terms of playmakers. So um, I, I don't want to act like Jacob Borchek won't be appealing. I think, I think the Kraken are going to see that and see a, a real possibility to get one of the premier playmakers that, that this game has seen over the last decade. But we, we will see. The Flyers certainly have some names uh, that are going to be uh, attractive to the Kraken. There's no doubt about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. And Joe, it's a good segue into our other topic here. Let's look at the Flyers' defensive pairs. We've talked a lot about Shane Goss's pair. He very much could still be in the picture when the season is getting ready to start. But now that the Flyers have Ryan Ellis, 
Uh, a lot still can change, but let's look at the Flyers' defensive pairs right now. If we had to say, if we had to piece them together now, and if the season was right around the corner, uh, what would they kind of look like in your mind, Joe? What would you like to see? Well, I think conventional wisdom tells you that Ellis and Provorov would play on the top pair. I don't wonder, though, if Ghost is here, if it's not worth trying Ellis and Ghost on the top uh, the top, and then having Provorov play on the second. Because we know Provorov, I mean, he has had so many minutes piled up on him the past two years. Um, and I think it in- improves their depth. Uh, I think we've all seen that Shane Gossespair plays better when there's a, a guy who's defensively sound next to him, I think Ellis would provide that. Um, I, and I would say maybe Ghost and Provorov is a great, then since they played together, would be a great second pair. I only, I just don't know who would play with Ellis on the top pair if it's not one of those two guys. So, but I would say El, uh, Ellis and Provorov would be the top pair. And then, you know, Sanheim, to me, we talked about this before. Sanheim has to establish himself as a solid second pair defenseman. And it has to be this year. He has to stop having this young player mantra, follow him around. I don't think it's good for him as a player and it's not good. It's almost like it becomes an excuse now, right? It's not, he was a high draft pick. He's had a lot of experience in this league. He needs to be that top. He needs to be the anchor on that second pair to me, hands down. Um, so assuming Provorov and Ellis are at the top, uh, I think Sanheim and basically whoever's left would be your second pair as it stands now. Uh, I'm curious what, what, what you would think uh, in terms of, you know, we've talked about Sanheim and I think we agree it's, it's time for the next step for Sanheim. It really is. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's going to have a new contract going into next season as well. Uh, the time is now to really, like you said, Joe, show that he is a second-pair defenseman. Uh, I think some people probably had upside or hopes that he was going to be maybe a top-pair caliber. Right now, it looks like he might not be because, obviously, they have Ivan Provrov and Ryan Ellis. But I, I certainly don't find Travis Sanheim to be a third-pair guy. So it is now time to prove he can be a reliable second-pair guy that can kill penalties, that can even help on the power play. I think he believes he has that power play skill set. So, yeah, the time is now. And I think that will be one of the bigger storylines is – how does Travis Stanheim start next season? Uh, what does his confidence look like? And who plays with him? I think that was one of the bigger questions is who's going to be his partner. Um, if I had to pick now, I can maybe see a, a Provravelis top pair, maybe a Sanheim Braun second pair. And then if the guys are still here, maybe a Gossip Spare Hag third pair. Um, that gives you some, dy- some dynamic ability on your third pair. It gives you a good stay-at-home guy on your third pair. Braun is a good veteran that I think could help supplement Sanheim's confidence in game I would also love to see Cam York in the picture at some point if the Flyers do lose um, if the Flyers do lose a guy in expansion uh, I think obviously the window of opportunity opens for Cam York I think he would be a great fit with Justin Braun it would allow Cam York to to show off his offensive ability to push the envelope and have a veteran like Braun be behind him and really kind of take care of the whole uh, own zone aspect of it so that is something I think we'll have to keep an eye on. But, Joe, as we talk about it and as we look at it, it just tells me things aren't done on the back end. And we know yeah, that. There's no other way to think about it. And that's, I wrote that uh, for um, yep. NBC Sports Philadelphia.com the other night. Uh, th- there's no way 
these puzzle pieces, again, are not put together. I mentioned the other night, it's kind of like when you're building a puzzle on a table and you have this one little side where things are put together, but the rest of the pieces are spread out all over the place. And I think a lot of those pieces are going into the, still into the defensive core. So yeah. this is a very incomplete group and it starts with if they lose somebody in this expansion draft that changes things dynamically. If you're to lose a guy like ghost, you have to figure out what's going on. And, you know, yeah, I, I want to see, ideally, I would like to see Cam York on the roster at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, I think the days of, of coddling young players and having them play in the AHL or whatever it may be are over really in all sports. You see this younger players, even in baseball where it never happens, you're seeing younger players get elevated to, to the big leagues very quickly. And I, I, I don't think that it's harmful to have guys learn on the fly. And from what we saw from Cam York last season in the short span, I don't think the kids lacking confidence. And I feel like that's the biggest thing for young players is if they come up and they're timid and not confident, that's when the ball starts rolling downhill on them. And I didn't see that from York. We saw him puck carrying and doing all the things that a player who's not confident wouldn't do. So I really, well, I'd like to see him up there. Uh, it's just a matter of how, and, you know, I, I think that would excite the fan base to see, especially when you have this sort of thing hanging over the team where it's like the guy they missed out on. And that would be, you know, the, that that's like the, a mantra in Philly sports is, who they missed out on. If you could see a guy like Cam York up and playing with the team, maybe people aren't going, Oh, well they passed on Cole Caulfield. Maybe Cam York's giving them reasons to say, that's our guy. We got yeah. that guy. And that's good. Yeah. I think that would go a long way with the fan base. If Cam York was here early in the season and he's making things happen and he's showing why he's good. I think that would help the fan base get over the Cole Caulfield thing. I don't think it will play a factor into the flyers decisions. Uh, but certainly for the fan base, I think it would excite them. Um, but I'm with you. I think the Flyers know he's a confident kid and a kid that's going to go out there and not be, um, you know, not going to, the, the moment won't be too big for him. And I think we really saw that. And it's only a three game sample size, but he was competent in his decisions, both in the offensive zone and defensive zone. And that's something that we've heard a lot about him is that he has just natural ability, natural instincts. And he, that's why like he gets away with being a smaller guy because he's just very confident and quick um kind of a catch me if you can type of defenseman um and when you're confident in your decisions goes a long way for defensemen because they are making decisions constantly under stress um so that is a big thing so yeah i would love to see cam york in the picture i think the flyers might be a little hesitant to put too much on his plate because maybe they learned last year putting too much on a young defenseman's plate can sometimes backfire but last year was also just a weird season with COVID. It was shortened. There was little practice time. I think that played major factors as well. So maybe they'll use a little bit of both in terms of balancing what to give Cam York and what not to give him. But uh, he will certainly be in the picture. Uh, they want him competing for a roster spot in training camp. Um, and if they lose a defenseman in the expansion draft, it gives him even more, more uh, window of opportunity for sure. But it's fun to talk about. And it's fun to look at like we don't see it as complete. And I think uh, a lot of people would agree with this, Joe. Go check out Joe's article as well on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com looking at why the Flyers probably are not done on defense, even with the acquisition of Ryan Ellis. 
But Joe, this was fun. It was fun talking expansion, uh, fun talking all the big things coming up. Uh, a reminder, the expansion draft is on Wednesday. The NHL entry draft is on Friday, Saturday. And then free agency opens the following Wednesday. And the Flyers could have some trades in store. You never know. It's going to be a fun offseason. It's going to be active. And we're going to talk about it all. But Joe, thank you so much as always. A big thank you as well to our podcast producer, Ben Berry. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.